Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The Rams scored a touchdown on ninth down. That's why the whole thing felt a tad anticlimactic and it just didn't feel right. That's why I don't believe it goes down with the greatest drives of all time. The John Taylor touchdown broke the Bengals' hearts, and that one in the final minute at the end of the 88 season, that Montana drives them right down the field. There weren't, like, three penalties that sort of, you know, changed the dynamic of everything. I agree with Mike Greenberg there. I, 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 it's interesting to hear him say it. He probably he said it better than the way I said it yesterday. It's probably why he's a national guy. Um <laughs> But I kind of felt it, too, and maybe that was it. Maybe it was the penalties that kind of sucked the life out of everything. I thought the speed of the game was just a clock rolling kind of contributed in my mind. We didn't hit on this too much, but I, I, I agree with – there are two things that people are saying. You said Collinsworth was like OBJ, 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 right? I Correct. think you brought that up. Yeah. And Collinsworth also was like, that's the greatest drive ever. I was like, what are you talking about? No, it's not. Yeah. Like, in real time, no, it was not. Yeah. And it was a good drive. And it was a big drive. But it nowhere in anybody's mind did it register like that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> if we're talking like PFF grades for, for commentators, Collinsworth's coming in around a 60 or 70. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was shocked to hear him go all in like that. Yeah. Because it just wasn't. I yeah. mean, it wasn't. And, and I also, <laughs> I said this about the, like he was, he brought up the Odo Beckham Jr. stuff, as you mentioned yesterday, so much. Oh, so much, bro. Right? And then, and all I kept thinking, Austin, is like, wait a minute. This is like a super team. They have Cooper Cup. They have, <laughs> on the other side, they have Aaron <laughs> Donald. They've got Ramsey. They've got, like, they've got Matthew Stafford. They've got <laughs> Cam Akers. They've got, you name it. I mean, they had some injuries, but it's like, this wasn't. This wasn't well, this wasn't the Bills losing Stephon Diggs. No, but he even said, you know, Stafford's out of weapons now. And I go, Chris, excuse me. They have the best wide receiver in the game right now. So what are you talking about? They're out of weapons. They have the best weapon. They have the only weapon yeah, in Cooper I, Cup. I mean, you talk hyperbole at its But at you its, know, I mean I get it. You're trying to I mean, see to me though I don't that, like Collinsworth, by the way. I really no, I think he's good. I, I, I've never had a complaint of him until that Super Bowl. Uh, I just th- I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to build the game and make it more big than it really is. You don't need to. It's you a don't Super need Bowl. to. It's a Super Bowl. Thank you. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. It's like, and by the way, like, and, and I know because this is the way this business works. But like NBC, guess what? We all know that the Super Bowl's on NBC and the Olympics are on NBC. Like, you yeah. don't even have to advertise it. But it's like, just it's like, okay to not tell us that a yeah, hundred yeah. million times. Like, <laughs> we know. You know why? Because we're going to find those two events. But like, I get the feeling, it, 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 like, you know, if the Rams lost that game and then NFL Films, like, you know, plays it back and everything and it's, like, you know, the, the sounds on the field and the coaches and the commentators, like, you're going to hear Collins with, and it's a devastating loss for Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, yeah. Like, He's uh, Odo Beckham Jr. is devastated. He can't be out there. Well, no kidding. You know, it's the biggest game of his career. I'm sure he, if he had the choice, he'd want to be out there. I don't like the hyperbole. I, I get it sometimes. I just don't like it. I think it was a little unnecessary on both fronts, the OBJ one and and again you're talking about a Rams team. This wasn't this wasn't the Bengals losing well, Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase. Yeah. You know, I mean like I'm, they weren't as loaded. I mean that Rams team is loaded. They're supposed to be here. They're the favorites. If they lose someone, all that does is well, it kinda evens the playing field maybe. Yep. <laughs> well and listen, I don't want to talk too much smack because we're at UNF right now and obviously people remember my call from last year in the baseball game. True. So uh, in terms of hyping things up <laughs> 
I'm the last person to be critical of that because if they will have me back, Brent, I'm looking forward to this uh, upcoming hey. baseball season of really talking some trash and o- overblowing every single home run they see. Well, it's, that's fair enough, and they yes. will have you back for that. Good. They appreciate it. Good, good. Um, Casey asked this question, and I'm going to let you say it, Casey. Football 5, Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. We are live at UNF Arena. Ospreys play Liberty tonight in A-Sun play as the season starts to wind down over the next couple weeks. A-Sun tournament on the horizon. Uh, Liberty very good. Ospreys uh, looking to upset Liberty here tonight. Uh, 7 o'clock game on ESPN+. Plus. But come on over and really watch, uh, well, the best team right now in the A-Sun and one of the most feisty teams in the A-Sun in the Ospreys. Darius McGee, a heck of a player, too, for the Flames. So uh, it's a good game to watch tonight, 7 o'clock. Casey, go ahead. Set it up. Here's your idea. We're going to get to it after you, you, you threw the hockey at me. <laughs> All right. You know, I, it's not, you know, you made it sound, you kind of made it feel like the Super Bowl a little bit, like a lot of buildup and it's just going to be this. Um, if you're the number one overall <laughs> my pick. my best Chris Collins work. Yeah, I was going to say. You did good. If you're the number one overall pick in any sport, what is an acceptable career to have to live up to the hype of being the number one overall pick? Because obviously you're not going to be the greatest player of all time because that's only one person per sport. So what what is an acceptable when you look back on it? Like, did they do it like... It's just a question I have. What is considered acceptable? So we're going sport by sport here. Yeah, and I think he may, abroad, I think he's, what Casey's saying is kind of a blanket view. If you're the number one pick in the NBA, now it might change, so yes. that might be part of your conversation. But number one pick in football, baseball, uh, hockey, hockey and, and NBA, and uh, I guess we'd stop there. But what are the expectations of that guy? What's he okay. supposed to do? What, what have we seen? Uh, you know, here in town, Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. What's he supposed to do mm-hmm. to say that guy delivered, right? Uh, Peyton Manning is is the comp. Peyton Manning was a number one pick. Peyton Manning built Indianapolis. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in Indianapolis. He made them relevant every year in Indianapolis. He built a new stadium in Indianapolis. Like, that's kind of the, the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are other examples of number one picks, and it doesn't always have to be a quarterback, but that's what we're working with. And does Trevor have to do all that to live up to the hype of being the number one overall pick? So it's wild because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last number one overall pick to win a Super Bowl is Eli Manning. No, now it's Matthew Stafford. Oh, good call. Yeah, different team. Well, I mean, but, different team. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so th- that makes sense. So Matthew Stafford, okay, yeah. So uh, my argument just folded on itself. But I think expectation-wise, Brent, I mean, you're talking about at least getting the show. I mean, I, I think like, if you're a quarterback, like, I think you're you're brought in here to eventually will your team to the big show. Look, and it's interesting, right, because I think, Casey, and I want you to jump in on this conversation, you could say, okay, my expectation is that guy to be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. I'm not sure he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. He is a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. right? So, again, I'm, I'm just giving you two direct examples over the last 20 Eli years. Eli Manning's going to be a Hall of Famer, you would you say? Uh, debatable, yeah. but he won two, yeah. right? And, and, and actually had to get traded to go to, <laughs> to that, That's Betsy. true, too. Um, that was an interesting part of it. But here, here's what I would say, Casey, because I think your question is really good over, in general. Like, see, Taven Bryan gets a lot of crap. Taven Bryan wouldn't, that wasn't, is, hasn't been very good. Okay. But Taven Bryan was a 28th overall pick. If you screw up the 28th overall pick, it's a lot different than screwing up the third overall pick, the second overall pick, the sixth overall pick, a top 10 pick. It really is. Like, it, it you know, we always talk about it with your buddy, Tyson Alualu. Sure. Really good player. Yeah. 
really good player. Like, if Taven Bryan had the career of Tyson Alawalu, it would be a hell of a pick Correct. in the late first round. You're not looking for a perennial pro bowler, perennial all-pro. You're looking for a guy who's going to have a decade career, a 12-year career. He's going to be a very solid player for you. He can make some impact. Well, that's what Tyson Alawalu delivered. Tyson Alawalu probably didn't deliver the 10th overall pick kind of expectations, in part because everybody thought they reached for him anyway, so it came with a different set of expectations, in part because it was in the Tebow draft as well. So he had a lot of other stuff going against him anyway. But as you look back, look at all the mess-ups the Jags have had as picks. Tyson Alualu really probably is one of the best no, for in sure. the top ten. No, exactly. But to me, it's a huge difference between a defensive tackle and a quarterback. True. Because we never really say a defensive tackle unless his name is Aaron Donald you know, he's going to lead us to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, you, you don't speak that way of a defensive tackle. You don't speak that way really of anybody on defense. You speak that way about a quarterback. So I think when you talk about the number one overall pick and probably the most important position of all professional sports, I think expectations are extremely high. I, I, I think Pro Bowls have to happen. I think in a, a, a couple all-pro nods, you know, they have to happen. But most importantly, I think that run to the, the Super Bowl is expected as well. And I would say this, and uh, Casey, I know you're going to jump in, but I think it's about relevance, especially here in Jacksonville. Like, if, if you're taking a number one pick, you're usually not that good. And so what sure. Peyton Manning did when I was a kid, Indianapolis sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they were bad. Like, they were 3-13 and 13 every year. Like, if you give me a record that I remember the Colts, it was 3-13, and 13, like, mm-hmm. all the time. And then he made them relevant. So I'm not sure you could, you know, Trevor has a chance because of the situation we're in Jacksonville where the, the city might start to grow. The stadium's on the horizon over the next five or ten years. Like, he could actually help all that stuff like Peyton did, and that's why the comp to him. But I agree. Like, I think it's making you relevant, like, all the time in this news cycle and this NFL. Like, you're, people want to talk about Trevor and the Jags yeah. because you're in the mix. And then if you're in the mix every year, you should have a chance at some point to go get – a Lombardi trophy, and that's ultimately what I think will Whoa. measure the the extreme success of Trevor on as a number one selection. Well, and it's too bad because Joe Burrow kind of showed us the blueprint now. So, like, now all my expectations are going to be, all right, Trevor, you got to be the next Joe Burrow right now. Yeah. You know, and the, but you don't have Jamar But Joe Chase. Burrow might never you win don't, one. But, but, he's but, fl- but he might he still flip that went. organization. But he, but he still went. Yeah. He still went, and you can't take that away from him. Yeah, he might flip the organization as well. But, you know, you don't have Jamar Chase. You don't have T. Higgins. Uh, do you even have a mixing right now? It's hard to say. So, yeah, th- there's a long ways to go. But Burrow and, and Mahomes and those guys like that, they've made the expectation now. Yeah, but to your point, like Andy Dalton, right? Okay. Had them go into the playoffs every year. Yeah. But they were still irrelevant. Joe Burrow didn't even have him in the playoffs yet, and Cincinnati was relevant. See, I think that's the kind yeah. of guy what a number one pick can do, especially in this day and age of, of the NFL. And so there's the difference. Like, it wasn't like Cincinnati was that awful all those years. They actually were in the playoffs, floating around. They sure. won enough games, but nobody cared about them. They, they were but, irrelevant. Yeah. But Joe, in the last two seasons alone, has made that a relevant franchise. I, I think that's – and by the way, getting to the Super Bowl, I'm not discounting that, but I think that's what we're asking Trevor to do is make this team relevant, which means you're pretty good and you're going to threaten yeah. each and every year. But see, but it, to me it's obvious that Joe Burrow didn't reach the stratosphere of us talking about his swag and everything until he started winning because Joe Burrow did play some games his rookie year and yeah it was still big in terms of the performance and the numbers but I don't think people were celebrating Joe Burrow like we do now Casey what what are your expectations that number one overall guy since you asked the question yeah I can tell you the question where it came from was I thought 
in 2016, I believe it was, it came from baseball, obviously. That's kind of where everything got. So it was 2016. When Ken Griffey got um, inducted in the Hall of Fame, he was the only baseball player picked number one overall to be a Hall of Famer. And I thought that was super weird because, like, you're the number one overall pick. That's expected. There's now three, Chipper Jones and Harold Baines, if you count that. But so that's where the question came from. So then when you take it to the quarterback position, I'm looking at recent number one overall picks. Is Was Alex Smith worthy of the first overall pick now that you look back on it? Like, they yeah, were good. He was okay. Yeah. yeah. Three-time Pro Bowler. I don't know. Now, to your point you just made, with relevance, Michael Vick was the number one overall pick. They didn't win anything, but they were super relevant. So was that worthy enough of worthy enough of the number one overall pick? Like, it's just such a interesting thing because, obviously, it's easy to go back and say, well, you should have picked this person. But, like, Alex Smith, Michael Vick, Carson Palmer is another one. Like, there's just yeah, guys that are right on the edge. It's like, they were really good, and who knows what they would have been without them, but mm-hmm. could it have gone a different way, you know? I would say this. Here's the thing, okay? I like your Alex Smith one. That, to me, is really fascinating because he was considered a bust for a long time. Now, he had seven coordinators in his first seven years. Yeah. Then he goes to – then he, he did have some good years now in San Fran, but he still wasn't like, man, that was the number one pick. He's no, like, everybody's he, always trying to upgrade, call him the game right? manager. Yeah. And, and, and then he goes to Kansas City, and he's like an MVP before Mahomes comes in mm-hmm. and, and takes over, and then he's traded, and then he's got the injury, which adds to, I think, his lore a little bit because he overcame that, that nice story. And he, he almost became like this, this guy that was – targeted by the media to almost a media darling by the end of his career, which is really a weird track to take mm-hmm. uh, given a lot of circumstances. But if I – you just said, I think you said three-time Pro Bowler for uh, Alex Smith. Yeah. He ends up playing uh, 14 years, plays 174 games, and his record's 99-67. and 67. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, over the next 14 years, if – Trevor wins 99 games? Mm-hmm. Like, are you happy with that? Um, uh, like, so if Trevor 99 and 67? I mean, you got to throw in well, how many divisions did you win? How many playoff appearances did you have? I mean, I think that all goes into it as well. Yeah. I just feel I mean, like, like that would be Bortles pretty had, damn good. Yeah, Blake Bortles had a hell of a run back in 17. Yeah, you one know, year but, out of five. Yeah, for sure. But, like, you go 99-67, that's uh, more than one in well, five. Well, okay, but, like, did point. you have per year record of Alex Smith, like how well yeah, he did? Yeah, he started off, he was 2-5, and five, uh, he got, like, seven starts. And then he was 7-9, and 2-5 and five again, 08 he missed. So then he, now he goes on this run, right? Uh, so, yeah, he didn't even fully play the whole 14 years. 5-5, uh, five and 3-7, five, and 13-3, and 6-2, and 11-4, and 8-7, and 11-5, and 11-4, and 9-6, 6-4. Six, six and four. Okay. So he really goes, you know, it took him one, two, three, four, five. That's why people were like, okay, was, what's, this guy's a bust, right? It took him five, six years to get going. And then in his final one, two years before getting traded from San Francisco, he goes that 13 and three year. Uh, very good, obviously. He goes to the Super Bowl, six, two, and one. Then he gets but, traded to Kansas City where he wins a lot of football. But he games. went to the Super Bowl because of Kaepernick, though. Because that was uh, a Kaepernick year, right? I'm he, sorry. He, yes, they went that, that Kaepernick year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, he. But he won games, sure. right? And he won games. And, and I would just say, in many respects, Alex Smith's career where he didn't win the big one and he wasn't the guy win the big one, I, I think you'd like Trevor to be that guy. But to be able to have, win, have gone a run where one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years in a row, he's got a winning record. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, in Jacksonville, like, that would be a big deal. 
Like, if he can do that for an eight-year run yeah. and have a winning record in Jacksonville, like, that is a huge deal. So I don't want to put the expectations so high because I think you've got to do it relative to this town, this city, this franchise. And, and quite frankly, it's not going to take much for Trevor Lawrence to be the best quarterback of all time in franchise history. He doesn't need to win a Super Bowl to do that. But, but he will need to knock on the door of a Super Bowl because Brunel did that. Mm -hmm. Heck, even Blake Bortles did that. And yeah. Bortles isn't even close to considered the best quarterback in franchise history. Yeah. And he did it. So what people will say is, hey, Trevor did this. He won the most games. He passed the most yards. He broke the touchdown records. He, he was great. You know, all this stuff. But Blake Bortles went to the AFC Championship game and Trevor Lawrence didn't. Yeah. You know, like he can't have that. He's got to be able to He's I mean, got to say he went to the Super Bowl probably to, to really cement him in Jacksonville. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, the, that could be a pretty steep mountain to climb. I would settle for Andrew Luck. And, again, it's a smaller sample size, and you want Trevor Lawrence to play longer than Andrew Luck did. But if you look at Andrew Luck, what he's able to do, 11-5, and 11-5, and 11-5, and five, then he went 2-5, and five, got hurt, 8-7, and seven, and 10-6. and six. I'm good with that, you know? Now, Luck didn't go to a Super Bowl. They, they knocked on it a couple times possibly, but they didn't go. But, you know, the record speaks for itself. Winning division speaks for itself. The Pro Bowls speak for itself. So if you can give me Andrew Luck numbers, who is kind of the comparison people want to throw True. out when Trevor Lawrence is coming True. out, I'm cool with that. So there really, are, there really are varying levels here. You can get the Andrew Luck where you don't win the Super Bowl or build the town, but you could get to the level of Peyton Manning where you win a Super Bowl or two and build the town. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Which is what Tom Brady did also in New England and, uh, and others have done. So uh, it's a fascinating question. It's really a good question of, of where and, – and by the way, I will, I will piggyback it by this, Casey. I think baseball is really different because you draft that guy, number one, he might not play for you in the big leagues for five more years. Yeah, you no, know? for sure. I just thought it was – the whole thing this came from was when Ken Griffey got in, I was like, how is he the only one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, again, what a disaster. But again, if you to your point on that stat, number one draft picks winning Super Bowls is not a common thing. Yeah, yeah. I just, As quarterbacks, yeah, it's you, not a common thing. Since, Casey, what do you think about the NBA and, and the hockey, real quick? Uh, I mean, the, the, the NBA, it's kind of whatever. Give right? me the last five number one picks in the NBA. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of whatever. Yeah, I think like it's weird in hockey because ho I think hockey's very relatable to football in terms of, like we did it in the last segment. But yeah, if you like McDavid. McDavid hasn't won anything, and he's going to probably have the best. When his career is done, he's going to have maybe better stats than Gretzky. But if he doesn't win anything, then that's a failure. Like, it has to be a failure. And it's just. Especially there. Yeah, I, so, I think it correlates very well to the quarterback. So I'm going to say it like this, case. I think with hockey, because keep in mind, it could be a defenseman. It could be a goalie. It could be a forward center. So it's hard to tell. I think, because keep in mind, like they play in Europe maybe a couple years, too, before they actually come to the league. If they're not rocking at least a, an A or a C in, like, their fourth or fifth year, then to me it's a loss. So, like, to, to me it's more about, like, where do you. you fit in on the team and, like, what does the team think of you? You know, because, like, not every first-round pick is the next Wayne Gretzky. Like, I'm not naive to thinking that, but, like, every first-round pick should have some sort of influence on that team. I, I like that, and that's fair. But I think, like, in terms of, like, defensemen, like, so the last defenseman that, I'm not going to take Rasmus Dahlin, but Eric Ekblad from the Panthers, right? He's a very good defender, but yeah. if they never win, we're not going to be like, oh, it's because of Aaron Ekblad. If the Maple True. Leafs don't win, we're going to be like, what is Matthews doing? 
what is True. McDavid doing? McKinnon yeah. is the same thing. So I think it's – I just think it's – you can relate it very well to the quarterback position where if they don't win, then that's a failure. And, Brent, to answer your question, the last five NBA picks uh, at number one, Cade Cunningham, Anthony Edwards, Zion Williamson, DeAndre Ayton, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons. That was six, sorry. But, yeah, Ben Simmons. Okay, so none of those guys have changed their team. No, I, I mean, Simmons did for a bit, and then now he is, he is where he's at now. And I'll even go further. Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett, Anthony Davis. Okay, Anthony Davis. You're going to yeah, go but, back to Anthony Davis? Yeah, but he didn't really, I mean, yeah, you changed the Hornets in terms of you're competitive, but you didn't come close to winning a title. No, and it yeah. kind of moved quick. He could have. They could have yeah. built around him there. Yeah. But he did make him relevant. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. They changed. Like, they were irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. And he made him relevant. Before that, Kyrie Irving, by the way. Made The Cavs. Yeah. That, that helped definitely helped, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wall, Blake Griffin, Derek Rose. Derek Rose is probably the guy, yeah. I would say, out of that entire group. What and about? go all the way back to Dwight Howard, and then you got 2003's LeBron, LeBron James. James so. yeah. What about Blake Griffin? Like, were the Clippers anything before Blake Griffin? No, I mean, Blake Griffin from... Obviously, the dunk contest helped him in, in his style of play. He helped turn them around. They they became more relevant. Yeah. So I was that enough? You know what yeah, I mean? I, yeah, I think, yeah. and again, I mean, to be honest with you guys, they're not that far off from where Jacksonville is right now. Jacksonville's going to be relevant on the national landscape of the NFL. Yeah. And so to bring them up, uh, like, five rungs up the ladder is pretty significant for one player to do. True. And so that's why I'm not sure the Super Bowl championships are what will measure Trevor. But he can do a whole hell of a lot in the next 10, 12 years, even without winning a Super Bowl. Super Bowl would be great, too, though. (laughs) That changes everything. But (laughs) let's be fair, though. Expectations from a number one pick in the NBA compared to a a number one pick overall in the NFL as a quarterback are a lot different. Oh, yeah. I mean, like when Anthony Bennett was drafted, I think anybody expected Anthony Bennett to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers to a championship. No. Still looking about who he is. He's from Canada. (laughs) 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 But different. LeBron James had quarterback kind of expectations. Oh, of course, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. All right, let's bring in Captain Rick Riles right now, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report, uh, our number one fisherman in the area. What's happening? How we doing, Brent? I am doing fantastic. How's the water? Good, good. Hey, I got a question. Um, I got an answer. is Is it just me, or is hockey the one sport that, it's really kind of hard to watch on TV, but it's a blast to be there. That's the the greatest differential. It's there's no doubt. It's it's like two different experiences. I agree with Completely. you. Completely. I, I think the only time that I think you do feel playoff hockey on the TV. Like I think playoff hockey really is cool on TV. But I would agree with you. You go to a regular season game or or even a playoff game, and you're you're watching hockey. That's why the Icemen do really well, and they should. Because going back, going down to a hockey game is really a fun experience. Uh, you watch it on TV, it's totally different. Not to say it's not fun, it's just totally different. I, I had an aunt in, in Charleston that way up into her late 70s, before she passed, never missed a Stingray game. I mean, that was just the highlight of her life. And I, I got to cool. tell you, I've been to some Lizard King games here before that were just as much fun as you could ever have. I haven't seen the Iceman yet, but let's talk fishing. Uh, it kind of flip-flopped today. It was a whole lot better offshore than it was for the inshore guys. Now, it wasn't easy offshore. The Jody Lynn, too, was able to make it at the edge of the Gulf Stream. But get a load of this catch. They had 16 tunas. They had a big gaffer mahi. They had a sailfish and a couple of wahoo and quite a few kingfish. So an outstanding day for those boys. 
Um, but it took a 57-foot boat to be able to manage the seas today. I didn't hear of very many others out. Closer to shore, the original Jody Lynn did have a pretty good round of trigger fish, had a mutton snapper and a couple of gag groupers, so they had a fair day uh, in a little bit closer, too, but they said it was pretty rough on the 43-footer, so I'm assuming most of the smaller boats stayed home. Inshore, it was a grind. David Borey said it was windy, said it was tough to get the redfish to bite. The water had cooled a little. They didn't want to move around much. I think that this warming trend that's coming up over the next few days is really going to help us inshore, but I'm afraid we're going to keep that easterly flow that's going to make it very hard for the offshore guys to get there. But you've got out one thing. We'll be back tomorrow with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thanks, Thanks Rick. Captain Rick. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Hopefully that weather warms up. Feels more like ice fishing lately uh, here in Jacksonville. <laughs> Uh, you ever been ice fishing? Did of I course, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we still like bonfires in the ice. Oh, that's right. You were telling me that. Yeah. It seems like it would melt the ice. And then not now when it's like 10 inches <laughs> thick, you're all good to go. <laughs> I told you this once. My one of my favorite stories I did was ice fishing story. Really? Up in Albany. Yeah, it was yeah? great. Yeah. Did you have like, the whole shanty set up and everything? They did, yeah. Were you using like yeah. the, the, the jigs or were you using uh, tip-ups? The uh, Stop talking to me like that. Tip I, up, come, it, on, come on. You know what a tip-up is? And, and, and a jig, the jig's like a little pole yeah, and yeah. the tip-up's like with the flag. No, the jigs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, come on. That's, that's, that's ice fishing 101. I, it was a while ago. Okay. Was I got you. Uh, I used to know more about hockey. You, you ever been sturgeon fishing with the spears? No. Oh, dude. Prehistoric like stuff right there. Throw spares. You, you just got to, you, you cut out like a big uh, square, like in the ice, yeah. and you just wait till a surgeon drop by, you throw a spear at it. They're huge. They're, they're like huge prehistoric animals. You can't eat them. They're just like trophy fish. They're, they're not even trophy fish. They're just, they're ugly creatures. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Check them out. Though. You've done it? Uh, I mean, I, I've been a part of it. I haven't caught one myself. Yeah, That's super rare. Really super hard. rare. Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, let's go. We'll go up to Green Bay. Let's do it, man. Go let's get it. We'll yeah. go ice fishing. <laughs> nah, we'll go in the summer instead. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I want to make sure everyone is clear on what we're talking about. They're going to cut 900 minor league baseball players. They're going to cut 900 jobs from that workforce. They are drug testing the ones they're keeping on, even though there are no games and they're not being paid. Can you imagine if someone says to you, you're working for me now. The only evidence of that is me saying it because you're not getting paid and I don't have anything for you to do. But you're going to have to submit to drug testing anyway. <laughs> uh, that is kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. What's Major League Baseball doing? Are they, where are they at with the, like, um... They're not at spring cannabis. training, well, pitchers no, and catchers sure. No, no, I got you, but, like, <laughs> you, you know how the NFL kind of was leaning now towards cannabis? Yeah. And, and that, is the MLB, I assume, not like that? Casey, do you know? If you're on the 40-man roster, you don't get tested for it. Oh, so they are pretty oh, lenient. Okay, there yeah. you go. That's why Tim uh, Beckham got added to the Rays 40-man roster way before he should have. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm, dead, I'm dead serious. Okay. Well, do what you got to do, Good. right? I mean, well, uh, by the way, out. pretty cool moment last night at the bowl school. DJ Stewart uh, had his number retired. He plays for the Baltimore Orioles now. Uh, former Florida State guy. Played uh, football and baseball at uh, bowls. Won five state championships, by the way, Wow. Uh, between the two. When he was there, three of them, I think, in football, two in baseball. So, uh, congrats, DJ Stewart, really cool guy. Uh, we've had him on the show before in the past, and a nice honor last night at the Bowl School as DJ Stewart uh, has his number retired. Did you see what was floating around today? Did you see the goalposts for sale? 
Well, yeah, but was that true? It or wasn't. Not? Okay, good. So I, I want to make sure I make that clear. Okay. But for a moment, it was kind of fun. It was funny. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, like one of those. It was like bid five hundred dollars or something. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you almost like want to buy it? What do you do with the gold? I have no though? idea, but wouldn't you want to buy it? So what would you do with it? Man, I would make it into like a chair or something. I don't know what you would do with that. Could you like, make it into like, like a bed frame? Like cut it up? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's actually a good idea. You yeah, might yeah. be able to. Yeah. I mean, so, so like to set the scene, uh, my stepdad. Sure. So like at our, at, at our ski hill, they were selling like the old chairlifts. You yeah. Know? Yeah. My, my stepdad brought one and make, fixed it into his house. So now it like it comes from the ceiling, and it's like a seat you can watch TV in. <laughs> from the ceiling. From the ceiling. Yeah. So you you sit down. That's and it's like awesome. You're in a chairlift. Yeah. That's so I mean, great idea. You can, yeah, you can make something happen with it. I was kind of think so. Then I, that that's a, I love that. Like, I I never thought of making it. I was like, when I put it in my backyard, and then the HOA would really get on me. <laughs> I would do it just to piss them off. They're going to ask you to leave, so I think, at that, I'd pay, at that point. I don't care. I'd pay yeah, them I mean, If I spent $500 or more on a goalpost anyway, I probably Yeah, you're, pay you're, you're, you're probably pretty good. Uh, but that's interesting to make it into a bed frame or some kind of furniture or something oh like that. God. And yeah. I, I like it. Or at least you could take the pole part and, and make it a flagpole, but yeah. then you use the other parts for the bed frame or, or table yeah. or whatever. Table uh, would be cool. That would be kind of neat. Table would be and, cool. Uh, but I like what you're saying about the chairlift, and so it's got me thinking now. It's like, what else? Like, what piece of equipment would you get? Could, could you use, like, a hockey net yeah, for anything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Like, there's something. Now you start start uh, home decorating here. I like this. Sports style. I like this a lot. Um, hockey net. <sighs> I mean, you, I feel like you could, like, hang, like, a... Uh, some for the ladies out there, you could like make it into like some kind of like hanging basket thing, you know, like have like the net, then hang it with like a, a bucket in it, and then you have like flowers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hockey moms. Hey, hey this. shout out to my mom being one of the diehard hockey moms out there. She had to carry my stuff when I was a little kid, so hockey moms could use that. I did. I've seen this before, which I thought was really cool. I can't remember where it was. Uh, you know how like the 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 railings going up a staircase, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know you got the whatever they are, the, the poles yep, yep, of the yep. railings. Sure. I mean, they were really the railings. But yeah, I got you. Well, they made, like, baseball bats in those. Oh, cool. That'd be pretty neat. I saw right? they, they make, like, uh, out of baseball bats, they make, like, uh, glasses, like uh, cups. You, you can drink, like, beer out of them and stuff. Oh, out of the like, – yes, yeah, like, yeah, they, 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 like hollow baseball bats. That's cool. Um, I mean, what are, what, are the, what are the Jaguars got to offer, you know? I don't know. Helmet? Make it into a lamp. Lamp or something like that. I got plenty. I got a couple of those. Yeah, we already had those when I was yeah. a kid. I remember that. I would uh, I would take Shad Khan's yacht and just airlift it to like just a, a plot of land, and then I would just have like an on land yacht I'll live in. <laughs> what the, the other part of this story is like we really didn't know if it was true or not. We had to ask the Jags. Oh, did you really? Like, yeah, I, I figured it wasn't true. Well, I didn't know if it was true, but then I was like, well, like Stuart and I were talking about it. Yeah. I said, well, Stuart, we they would give it to like a local field. Like a, yeah. like a high school. Like, like, well, we, yeah, but the high school goalposts are not the same as, like, the yeah, but like, NFL are, goalposts. Are the Jaguars that strapped for cash where they're on Facebook Marketplace selling goalposts I know, that's now what and stuff? Weird, like, right? come on. Really, what I thought the weirdest part was only for $500. Well, you know, I said that now. My jersey was selling for, like, 75 Like, my game used jersey was selling for, like, 50 bucks at, at the game. <laughs> when, I would have I paid 100 for him if he would have gotten in contact with me. Literally, some dude's like, hey, can you autograph this jersey? And I'm like, oh, dude, that's a, that's a game one. Where'd you get that? Yeah, they're selling 50 bucks at the game. <laughs> 50 bucks. Excuse me? I mean, 
I feel like the fabric alone is worth more than that, regardless of who who played in it. I love it. If you would have just told me, I would have had my mom buy it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the dry fit material with inflation costs a lot more just to make something like that. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, uh, one of, we, we didn't do this story yesterday. And I don't even know where it's at today. Casey maybe can fill us in. Did you see the the Russian oh, this is a figure mess. skater? Yeah. And she's First of all, she's 15. Yeah. And she failed the test, right? A doping test? Correct. Yeah. And, and so... Somewhere it was along for, the way, they, they're not going to know the results fully of the test or, or the retest or the whatever test. And, and so they're letting her skate. Yes. But the IOC then says, fine, she's going to skate. And she, she makes the medal stand. There's no medal ceremony. Yeah. Casey, you want to set it up and I'll, I'll try to knock it down? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. They said... Yeah, it, it, but it's two different governing bodies, right? Yeah. Like the the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, didn't do like the doping. Uh, they didn't make the doping decision in allowing her to skate, Correct. and the medal. Like so, I think they so, disagree with the decision that was made. That's why they're saying, well, we won't do a medal ceremony then. Yeah. So basically, what's going on is this girl who's 15 years old, who's the best skater in the world, um, got popped for I think it was a heart medication to give to older people. Now, she's 15 years old, so she's not an adult. So that means whether it was a coach or a family member, you know, had her take this, which yeah, is not yeah. a good look, and especially the country that we're talking about in Russia, who, you know, have been in trouble in the past, and there's a reason why it's the, what, it's the, it's the ROC, ROC yeah. as opposed to the, uh, the, uh, the, I almost said university, the, the country of Russia getting represented um, instead of the ROC. So there's an issue there. I guess the thought is is that Russia is so dominant in women's figure skating that there's going to be a clean, a clean sweep. But, like, upsets happen all the time. So, like, my issue with the whole thing is, okay, I, I hear the argument she's 15 years old. You know, maybe it wasn't her fault. Maybe she unwilling, uh, unknowingly took that, whatever the case may be. Okay, I get that point. But then you're going to ruin somebody else's Olympic moment of standing on a podium and receiving their medal because yeah. she and her camp messed up? Yeah, or the country. Or, or whatever, the country right? messed up? Like... I'm not blaming a 15-year-old per se, but I'm blaming the people around her. Absolutely. And, and that all falls in the same category, so I don't think it's right. And, and not only that, but I mean, I think because of the history of Russia, you know, with these uh, problems at the Olympics, I think yeah. that doesn't help them in this case, to your point about yeah. the medal stand stuff. There already is angst there with the Oli International Olympic Committee. But what's crazy about it to me is stop the car at 15-year-old figure skater doping. Yeah. Like... What are we doing? Yeah. Doping and figure skating? Yeah. Well, yeah. And and sometimes they don't know what they're taking. And, true, true. Uh, but, but either like, way, like... Well, and you got the sense that this wasn't her choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody more than likely told her to take that. Yeah. Which, you know, and, and in that case, then, like, yeah, it's not fair to her, but... You know, there's a lot of athletes, uh, former and present in the Olympics, coming out and saying she should, you know, she shouldn't be able to compete. I I'll tell you this now. I remember this with the swimmers uh, from Ryan Murphy, especially. Remember, he was pretty outspoken mm -hmm. about the Summer Olympics yeah. and some of the doping concerns that they had. Um, and it was more insinuation in terms of possible, not just Ryan, by the way, others too. And and so it's a real thing. And the other athletes do feel cheated by it. Yeah. And and so any sign of it. It's they've well, tried to clean it up so much. There's always a new way around something, and so I just I think there's zero tolerance amongst the athletes and the competitors. And even though she might be the best figure skater in the world, even though it might not help her at all yeah, win yeah. a gold medal or a medal, I think there's still it's just so um, frowned upon now in, in the by the other athletes. I believe.
that well, are that are keeping it clean. And we have to ask ourselves how much of a contradiction is it with the Olympic Committee when you have a girl like Shakari Richardson last well, year, very true, who, who got popped for you know marijuana and then you know couldn't go to the Olympics. Yes, because of that. Which yeah. you know, I mean, it's okay. I get it. It's a straight drug. Call it what you want if that's how you feel about it. But is it performance enhancing? I don't think so. But. You know, the, the one that the, the Olympic skater was taking could be arguably a performance be. enhancer. So, yeah, man, it's um, it's not a good look by any means, especially being a 15-year-old kid and, 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 and you're, you're going through this. Man. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with it all, how it shakes out. Uh, if you're watching the Olympics, doesn't seem like many people are. Oh, ouch. I'm watching it. You are. I'm having fun. How do you like the uh, mono the cap. bob? Oh, the, the, the mono bob sledding? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah? It's stress. Well, because so like the the bobsled, it's a lot lighter. Yeah, yeah. So they're all over the place. They are all. Yeah, over. I mean, first they're of like all, seventy miles an hour. Yeah, right? but they're a skeleton, by the way, too. Skeleton's out of control. Skeleton is. Uh, yeah, skeleton. but that's not new. The monobob. Oh no, 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 for sure. But I'm saying skeleton was a couple nights ago, and people were all over the place. Yeah. That, come on, head first. Crazy. What were we talking about here? It's nuts. I mean, like I hey, I I love adrenaline, and I'm in the skeleton's not one of them. I'm I'm all set there. You get to pick one. Would you do the luge? No, go ahead and get the bobsled. Oh, you give, like me, the bobsled. give me something a little more solid. Yeah, you'd be probably yeah. a pretty good bobsledder. Maybe a little height, heavy. though, about the height. Yeah, true. How are you going to yeah. duck? Uh, also, Jamaica's making an appearance in bobsled, I think, tonight or tomorrow. It's the, okay, good. Yeah. Cool runnings. Here we go. Cool runnings. Here we go, man. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Put a bow on a show from UNF Arena. They're about an hour or so away from tip-off. Liberty and the Ospreys tonight, 7 o'clock. Come on out and watch the Ospreys play. We'll be right back. solidifies it, yes, because everybody talks about the quarterback position and constantly uses the, does he have a Super Bowl, it's almost like the measuring stick. What do we talk about in relation to Aaron Rodgers? Blows our mind that he's only won one Super Bowl. Tom Brady's the GOAT because he's, because he's won seven. Eli Manning's in because he's won two. And I've, I've talked about this, Chris, so Stafford, listen, you can't get in just because it's Super Bowl. you got to get in because you're Statistical performance is up there with some of the all-time greats. He sits right now 12 in career touchdowns and career yards. The, every person ahead of him is a, is going to be or is in the Hall of Fame. I think that's our buddy Jason Fitz. Are you sure? Nope. <laughs> Good. I thought, I thought it was Fitz, too. So, some would say you're your buddy. Oh, great. Here we go again. My buddy or Austin's? Uh, hey, my, hey, my buddy. Yeah, you, Brent. Yeah, your buddy. My Oh, Tannenbaum? Yep, there it is. Nope, also no. Nope, okay, that's oh. what I thought it was. This is Over brutal. Two. It's Dan Orlowski. Who, who, who's your? Oh, oh that was Dan Orlowski. Oh, uh, yeah, I do like Orlowski. Uh, Give the key to the city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for Boy, sure. Boy, him and Fitz sound a lot alike. They do. We just got to stop uh, playing sound because that was brutal. Well, I mean, to be fair, the song wasn't the most clear either. Yeah, it was a little like he was calling hey. from Steven's phone. Hey, not, <laughs> not not blaming you, Casey, just saying how we heard it. Okay. No, you're kind of blaming me a little bit. Was like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't say I, it was I, your I, responsible I for the sound quality. I thought he went to work with quality. Steven today. <laughs> He's riding Steven's in the back of the truck. <laughs> Through whatever tunnel. Yep. I don't even know how many tunnels we have around here, but Steven's always calling for <laughs> I don't think we're. I think we're below sea level, so probably not a lot of tunnels, Brent. <laughs> Uh, Brent Martin, awesome, and Casey Kurtz, UNF Arena. Get about an hour away from tip-off here. Ospreys uh, play against Liberty uh, coming up tonight in A-Sun play. All right, let's end the show on this topic. 
Another one that Casey brought up. Fired at This is Casey. interesting. Ben Simmons has decided he's okay to play. Did you see, like, the, the joke about that? I did. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was actually more Harden that joked about the all-star pick when LeBron and, and KD were doing that. No, but the, there, there is a joker with Ben Simmons going around right now, too, though. But Ben Simmons basically claimed, like, he had some mental health issues. That was part of the reason why he was he was out and skipping everybody. I'm not sure how many people believed him. Yeah. But I think Casey's question is, it's a good one. Mm -hmm. Does that hurt people that are trying to... Uh, come forward and share their stories about mental health if this was a bit of a fabricated one by Ben Simmons. I'm not sure how we're supposed to find this out, but True. is it a dangerous way to go just for selfish reasons and easy excuses and to keep the heat off you a little bit for Ben Simmons? Yeah. And does that then lessen when other people try to um, actually bring yeah. it to the forefront for good reasons? I mean, it's a, it's a great question. You can go either way here. I guess I'll, I'll say it like this. You know, I, I'm not sure that the diagnosis of Ben Simmons of what he was going through. You know, was there the fact that he wanted out of Philadelphia because he didn't like the team and that's all it was, or was there some mental health issues? We may never know, but I'm going to err on the side of he did have issues. No, I have no idea if he did or not. But I would rather err on the side of he did have issues and then and, and hear his pleas as opposed to saying, well, you're, 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 no, you're, you're ruining the cause. You're not helping yourself out because now other people in need are really, you know, out there trying to speak their piece and you're ruining it for them. I, I'm not taking anything from Ben Simmons. I have no idea. But I'm not going to be the guy that's going to say, you know, he's faking or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to take him at his word. It's a tough thing to do, right, yeah. and say someone's faking. It's different yeah. when you can say Jalen Ramsey, did he really have a back injury? Exactly. This other thing, if Ben Simmons has, has battled some things at one time or another, yep. and, and this sensitive issue especially. So I kind of agree. With you. And by the way, to answer Casey's questions, I'm not sure, like, one guy doing this. Now, if this becomes a – we, we mean, see multiple – yeah. athletes do this and utilize it. I understand the point. I'm just not sure it will diminish. I, I think people like Simone Biles bring it to the forefront and others that have done that and, and shared their story and been very honest yeah. and transparent about it. I think that still wins the day in, in you know, spreading the word, helping people out, you know, being a role model in that sense. And um, I'm not sure Ben Simmons, in, at least in my opinion, diminishes that. Uh, whether he does have mental issues or not, mental yeah. health issues or not. So yep. uh, the big question is what kind of, when, from an on-court standpoint, is what kind of impact is he going to be able to make? And how do those two teams look uh, with the flip-flop of players and then some? Uh, speaking of uh, how teams will look, tonight we got Liberty, UNF, right out here at the arena. Thanks for hanging with us for the last few hours. This game will be 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN+. Plus. I'll see you tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Matthew Driscoll coming off win number 200 on Saturday, looking for 201 tonight in upset fashion against Liberty. Back I don't see Malik Paul. Willis, Brent. I do not see him here, unfortunately. <laughs> here. Dang it. All right. <laughs> That's probably good for UNF. That's it. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Whatever. Uh, we will be back in studio tomorrow. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Have a good night, everybody.